This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. We have been looking at and talking about and thinking about just different questions that people have with regard to the Word of God, and and maybe this isn't a question that you've ever really thought about, but sometimes people look at the different books of the Bible and and can can kind of look at it and say, "I like the story, but I'm not always sure why it's in the Bible." And sometimes people have have said that or thought that about the Book of Esther, and primarily because little trivia here for you. The name of God is not in the book. So you go in through the entire book of Esther and you don't have God being referenced. And people are saying, wait, how is how did this make the cut? How is that included in the canon of the word of God when God is not seemingly there? Especially that he's not mentioned. So it's your very, very fortunate day. <laughs> And the fact that the gentlemen I'm with in the room are going to answer that very question. Why is the book of Esther in the Word of God? Why is it important? And why do you think it is that God deliberately chose to have the book included without him being mentioned directly? I do I do think that he is actually in that book. And, and we, we talk about how God is in that book by way of providence, all these things. All the things, the way in which you, you have to look at God's providence in the fact that it hears, is it Mordecai who's, uh, who's now I'm going to get the whole story mixed <laughs> up. Let's, let's just stick with the subject of providence. You know, we're, we're told in, in our catechisms that, you know, we understand providence by the fact that the almighty and ever-present power of God upholds as with his hand and governs heaven and earth and all creatures so that herbs and grass, rain and drought, fruitful and barren years, meat and drink, health and sickness, riches and poverty come um, not by chance but by his fatherly hand. What we see in the book of Esther is these things are not just happenstance. These things are not just chance. Everything is everything is being filtered through uh, God's hand in the way he's going to deliver his people because that's what it comes down to in the end. He's delivering his people. And uh, I, I think that we see God in the book of Esther. I think God wants, us to, God wants us to have that view of him, when, whether we're looking at history or government or uh, just the seasons of the year, to see providence and the upholding of all things by his control. One of the things that I uh, appreciate about the book of Esther and that um, you know, we can read the scriptures and, you know, almost come away with the idea that God was constantly speaking to people, uh, constantly doing miraculous big, big things. 
But really, when you look at redemptive history and recorded for us in the scriptures, God's interaction and speaking with people was far between. I mean, it was it was pinnacles and high points. And what the book of Esther does is it gives us a glimpse of God working almost in the everyday life of his people. We we don't see his name specifically mentioned, but as you know, Jonathan was was pointing out, we see his work of providence so clearly, and how the story unfolds and how everything comes together. And um, you know, there's there's a it's a historic account of how a holiday came to be, the day of Purim, that was celebrated on through the rest of history of the Israeli people even today. And some a uh, holiday that Jesus would have celebrated growing up in in Israel. So it's it it was a recognition of you know God preserving His people, and we see that recorded for us that how God just works and through seemingly everyday circumstances and brings about a great deliverance. Are you familiar with Beautiful Eulogy? You you look like the kind of guy who would listen to Beautiful Eulogy, but you're not. Okay. Okay. No. I've... They're a they're a reformed rap group from Portland. Okay. Maybe yeah. Look them up. Yeah. yeah. Um. They they were talking about the, there's one line. My life looks more like the Book of Ruth than Exodus, and okay. I think that's Esther is an encouragement to us because our lives aren't Exodus. You know, they're mm-hmm. not us walking on dry land through a parted sea. They're not us watching fiery hail. They are boring. Well, maybe not you guys. You guys are probably more excited than me. <laughs> but our, our lives are, are mundane, and Esther shows us clearly mm-hmm. that God is operating behind the boring, mundane things. Yep. Mm-hmm. The book's not boring and mundane, but... Right. What was the name of that group again? Beautiful Eulogy. You're going to go look them up? No. Are you but, a pretty big rap fan? No, no, no. I, I'm just really disturbed that you know Beautiful <laughs> Eulogy... <laughs> But you don't know one of the all-time great American composers, Aaron Copland. So this that, was an discovered. discussion. An off-air well, discussion. Off-air discussion. But I am in the room with people that don't listen to Aaron Copland. So I've said it publicly now. To should my I, credit, I, I didn't know either of them. Okay. Okay. <laughs> should I should I see myself out? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was our <laughs> footsteps. Um. But it is true that if you even just step outside of the book of Esther and just look at so much of the storylines of God's people that have been recorded in God's word, what you'll find is that God is moving mm. in, the, in the lives of his people and orchestrating the events of history to bring about what he desires and what he has, has said, but you don't see it. I'm just getting ready to begin the, the, I've been preaching through the book of Genesis. I should be done in about five years. But I'm going to be looking at Genesis 37. And Genesis 37 begins, these are the generations of of Jacob, and it's really going to follow more or less the the storyline of Joseph. But when you get to the opening of chapter 37, what you find is Joseph and his brothers hating each other. Because Jacob is showing favoritism to Joseph, and Joseph is being kind of a brat and a tattletale, and his brothers don't like it, and he is kind of rubbing their noses in in dreams that he's having, and all of this animosity and jealousy and hatred is exactly what God is going to use 
to get Joseph to Egypt to fulfill what God had promised in Genesis 15. And it's interesting that the psalmist will come back to this in Psalm 105 and will we'll say about all of this, when he summoned a famine on the land and broke all supply of bread, he had sent a man ahead of them, Joseph. He sent a man. And how did he send them? Through envy and jealousy and arrogance and Malice. discord and hatred. hatred. Mm. But God sent it. So it's interesting that you see God's hand at work in the midst of human sin. And, you know, you don't read in Genesis 37, well, this is God sending. But it really was God sending. Mm -hmm. Um, But you only see that after the fact, how God directed the past and used sinful attitudes and and feelings and emotions to accomplish his good purposes. Mm Mm-hmm. And we see that, Tim, you mentioned briefly the book of Ruth, I mean, which, you know, during the time of the judges, and, you know, God is mentioned in that book, but you also see his providential hand at work. But then here we have a book, Esther, which takes place in the time of the exile, where God's people are under his discipline, but yet we still see him working. He hasn't forsaken them. He's still watching over them, still caring for them, and working through those times. And, and, And they, by his grace... We see that although in exile, his people still, like, there's a remnant. They they are looking to him for help and guidance, even though he's not specifically mentioned. But it's interesting that it was God protecting his people. Mm-hmm. I mean, so at the end of the day, you should say, well, how did it end up that the Jews weren't eliminated during the exile? How were they preserved? Mm-hmm. And Esther is at least part of the answer. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this is how. Well, as, as Tim was pointing out, uh, our lives look more like that than they do like the Exodus. And there's and so many natural ways in which all this took place in the book of Exodus. And Mordecai is Esther's uncle. Mordecai actually hears a plot against the, the king as he's sitting in the gates. He tells that to Esther. Esther tells it to the king. King is saved. Later, you know, some time later, the king has a restless night and uh, and asks for something to read. He's reading the chronicles of things that happen. He reads about this story and how Mordecai has done that. He says, what's, what's been done for this man? As it turns out, this is all part of the salvation of the Jewish people during that time, all through these natural things. But God causes the king to have a sleepless night, causes him to read these particular passages, causes him to think about how uh, what Mordecai needs, as it turns out, um, the Jewish people are saved. We quoted R.C. Sproul, I think, yesterday, but just to bring back another R.C. Sproul quote, when you think about God's sovereign control over all things, his governance of his world that he brought into existence, there really are no maverick molecules that the circumstances of life are governed by him. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the encouragement of the book of Esther is the God that was orchestrating the events in that time period behind the scenes, unnamed, is also the God that orchestrates the events of our lives, and it's also almost always in the same way, behind the scenes, unnamed. And really what God is saying is, do you trust me with your tomorrows? Do you really believe that I do govern over all things and will take care of my people? 
and will will provide for them and protect them and lead them um, in a way that is good for them and 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 for my good and and, and glory. Mm-hmm. And I, I I find the book to be an encouragement <clears throat> to to read and say, okay, I I need that same God behind the scenes, and even when I don't see Him, I know He's working, and I know He's orchestrating the events of my life. And we see put on display in Esther. You know, Romans eight twenty eight that all things work to good together for those who love God and called according to his purpose. I mean he's it's true of all of his people. We want to pause at the end of this show and just give you some information for an upcoming conference. This is actually one of the uh, the joys of of the work that we do, um, not just through this radio program, but we are part of a group called Reformation Alliance and every year we host an annual conference. I have to say that it's one of the things that I looked forward to um, every year. And if you have not attended, we would strongly encourage you to give it a try. Um, join us September 22nd and 23rd. You can find information at reformationboise.com. The title to this year's conference is God to Us. And what you'll find is that the two speakers that we have, Jonathan Gibson and Miles Van Pelt, are those that have spent their life teaching the Old Testament and, and are going to bring out some of the richness of God's work with his people in the idea of how he relates to them through covenant. And we have the opportunity to think about that, but it also is a wonderful opportunity. It's a free conference. There's hundreds and hundreds of books available for purchase. Um, Wonderful time of singing and fellowship and learning. So encourage you to go to reformationboise.com and register It is going to be a little bit more limited space, um, so you might want to register early and, and just set that time aside. Well, we'll see you next time. 